What's up, BYU Radio friends? Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here on the latest BYU Sports Nation. We address TCU coming off back-to-back -back losses and playing without their starting quarterback and ask this question. Should BYU now be favored on the road against the Horned Frogs? On the next episode, is the BYU defense way ahead of the Cougar offense at this point in the season? Listen on demand, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, or tune in live at noon Eastern for BYUSN here on BYU Radio, baby. Next on BYUSN, TCU down their starting quarterback. Should BYU still be the underdog then against the Horned Frogs? Or should they be the favorite? And I go one-on-one -on -one with BYU running back Deion Smith about getting the running game back on track and the chance to make a real statement in the Big 12 beginning this week. Plus, BYU guard Trey Stewart helps break down the top plays from yesterday's media scrimmage. Will he include any of our plays? And number seven, women's soccer wins its first Big 12 home game. No ties, we need wins on 36 shots. I'd hope they'd score a few goals, and they did. I'll take a 2-0 win any day. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, October 10th. I am Spencer Linton. He is fresh off just a stellar media day madness performance, Jerem Jordan. It was fun, right? It was fun to just, uh, you know, walk through a practice-ish uh, scrimmage. We had Michael Davey, yeah. the strength and conditioning coach, out there stretching us out. Uh, and getting us warmed up. It was super fun. I, I've shot around on that court, but I've never actually played a game. So that was fun. We had refs and everything, uh, you know, which kind of killed the flow a little bit. Oh, slash well, too there many, were some other things that killed the too, flow. Too too. Many, we'll get into that. Too many, <laughs> um, too many fouls and free throws for like that. I was just hoping for some three and no D. So here's some, uh, here's some video. Here's my awkward, uh, you know, hey. uh, jumper here. Uh, you yeah. know, got to. It all counts the same, some, brother. Some defense, some some steals. Spence, you made some free throws in the end to really really cut it late. You almost made a three and and, and one three late. Uh, so way to knock down your free throws. Brother. Hey, listen, you know you're down five, down seven at one point. Got to make four free throws, and then maybe I'll have to get your opinion on this, but just maybe the officials were trying to get be the blue Not team. Maybe, in <laughs> absolutely. That was Back a Mark Pope special. It was like. Yeah, we, we went up, what, five or seven, and they were like... Mark Pope's like, start calling gave everything. Gave you two free throws when it was worth one on the... But you know, then they was took it away. They complied. Later they, they did, away. but they didn't until after you had shot a three and, and drew a foul, and so we're watching it thinking, if he makes this and a free throw, we're tied. the game. No, we were up five. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it, it was really fun to be out there with, uh, you know, our fellow media members here locally, and uh, it was great, man. There's some guys that uh, have some game. It's fun to be on the Marriott Center floor. I love Cosmo for a lot of reasons. Like, he is, he is my favorite. But Cosmo cost us the game. <laughs> Cosmo. Cosmo checked in for the – you're on the blue team. I'm on the white team. He checks in for the blue team, draws like two fouls, goes to the free throw line. He can't see anything. Plus, he can't rebound. You know what I mean? Like, he can't see jack squat. Like, I don't know how he – he can do backflips, but he can't get a rebound. No, he's got incredible dance moves. <laughs> he's an incredible Here's the, here's the leaner. You had drawn the foul on our producer, Colton Potter. Amazingly, a uh, foul was, you know, I don't, oh, it was, or you Ronald fouled? Weaver. I don't know. Oh, it, it was the one real of the two. MVP, Ronald Weaver. One of the two fouled me. Yeah. I think I got like graced across yeah. the forehead well, barely. Well, for you, uh, getting near your face is a foul <laughs> for anybody, right? Like, hey, you can't damage the uh, moneymaker there. Cosmo costs us the game. We're, listen, <laughs> the blue team's up 14 to 4. You jumped out hard. Cosmo checks like in. Five shots Our starters go out. We come back in, it's 14 12. Yeah, your bench like, sucked. What? Your bench was terrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All good. Uh, I got us on the board, and then I didn't score again. <laughs>
Good fun at the Marriott Center. That yeah. was awesome. Let's do that again. That's great. Let's do it again. Let's do it again today. Rise and shout, my friends. Let's get to what's trending. BYU and TCU renew an old rivalry from the Mountain West days. We're getting there. Maybe this game will lead Name to something more. Name the rivalry moment of TCU. No. 51-50, probably in 2005. Overtime, Gary Patterson been, in Provo. It's but not, it's been almost 20 years. I know this isn't our topic, but it's not a rivalry quite yet. Perhaps later. You have to have moments that make Sure. It I see that, that word thrown out. Around yeah, BYU no. TC, I, I think we need something to happen in Big 12 like, play for that to be reestablished. Like BYU and UVU in basketball is more of a rivalry than BYU and TCU in football to me. Okay. Well, maybe yeah. this will add to the fire that BYU fans are feeling as you go into the game at TCU in Fort Worth. Knowing that Chandler Morris, TCU's starting quarterback, has been officially ruled out. We learned that yesterday from TCU's media availability. He will not play. It's a backup quarterback that BYU will face. So I thought, okay, well, now clearly the line's going to shift more towards BYU, right? We'll probably see a couple of points. Maybe a point or two or three. No. No. It has moved a half point. Yeah. TCU, in spite of having their starting quarterback out and having lost two straight to West Virginia and Iowa State, still a four-and-a-half point favorite against BYU after opening as a five-point favorite. Knowing what you know about this team, mm -hmm. TCU, the way they're trending, yeah. the key injury, yeah. and BYU coming off a bye week, would you keep the Cougars, the underdogs, still at that line or make the Cougars maybe a favorite on the road? I would not make BYU a favorite. The way BYU is playing is super contingent on takeaways. Like BYU's plus seven in wins, minus three in the loss. So, no. Um, does it mean TCU is a better team? Not necessarily. It's just about drawing in betters. Okay, that's what the line is. But I would probably just have it at like three, three and a half. But like four and a half. So it's not that far off what I think it should be. But remember, BYU operates better as a dog. Plus eight, you know, at Arkansas. Won the game. Plus 10 at Kansas. You turn it over three times. Two yeah. lethal turnovers. You lose. Cincinnati, in some spots, ended up being a pick em by game time. Um, and then you're plus four and a half, five, depending on who you ask at TCU. I'm not bugged by this. And, in fact, I, I would say I don't care, but I actually do care. I want BYU to be a dog. In fact, um, our, our second question of the day is, will BYU be a favorite in any game the rest of this season? In perhaps, any of the final seven? Perhaps Iowa State at home is, and maybe at Oklahoma State, like depending on how BYU is playing at that point. Like those are the only two where BYU has got a shot at being the favorite. <laughs> I'm okay with this because BYU loves the chip on the shoulder, no one thinks we can do it kind of thing. So I'm okay with it. I wouldn't move it that much because to me, um, in, in terms of the line itself does not matter that much. But But – if you told BYU, hey, you guys stink, you're, you're a double-digit dog in this, I think BYU shows up more motivated. Like, they just do. It just seems like BYU functions better when no one thinks they can go to the SEC and beat Arkansas. And they did it. That kind of thing. Do you think in any way, shape, or form, the Vegas odds makers are reading anything into when the game kicks? No. 
Did they are they aware no. of that stat? Do you think that they're aware of that? I don't think they follow me on Twitter or Greg or Slack just, or anybody. Just are they aware that BYU is so much better at night compared to the afternoon like, over the last five oh, years? Because they, they look at trends. They look at trends. Well, so it's maybe not there's something the to that six kick thing. It's uh, you know, it's it's before you're saying oh because it's one thirty. Yeah, they look uh, at hey what's BYU's record been over the last five years Perhaps. in afternoon games compared to night games. Perhaps all of those things. Yeah, so I wonder, maybe. I wonder. 14 and 13. If that plays a little bit into this, I'm ready for BYU to break out of that funk. I'm ready, nice. to, I'm ready to not worry that a game is kicking off at 1.30 in the afternoon. It's Saturday. Are you, are you worried? I, it, I'm concerned about this. The set? Yes. Since 2019, just to state for those who don't know, since 2019, before 6 p.m. kick local to site, 14 and 13. It's a coin flip. It is, literally. And that's at home and away, that's right? That's everywhere. We can break it up and look at the specifics of, okay, what about afternoon yeah. road kicks yeah. since that time? Maybe it's worse. Right. And I wouldn't be surprised if it is worse. Oh, no, I got to go sort Okay, so Jared, Jared's <laughs> going to sort off. his table. Now I'm off to the Google sheet. <laughs> Gosh dang it. <laughs> I apologize for nothing. Uh, this Absolutely. Is, we're going to find out in just a second. But maybe there is something to it. This is why I'm not putting BYU as a favorite. Yeah. I'm leaning heavy into one road, two, afternoon game, and it's still TCU, and BYU still has to stop the run against some very, very talented TCU running backs and a pretty solid offensive line. All right, Jerem, has your sorting no, tool I'm, come I'm, through for us? I'm not ready. <laughs> I just can't. Thinking about, and I know some of you are like, it's superstitious. It has nothing to do with the time of day. Maybe there's something to it. It's time you believe over the last five years, these trends, that there is more, there is more to this. That there's a reason BYU is playing so well at night compared to a coin flip in the afternoon games. So I cannot, in my good conscience, yeah. expect BYU to be a road favorite, even if Chandler Morris is out. Yeah. I think if this game is played on a neutral site, maybe BYU gets like, one point, maybe two points. But because it's in Fort Worth and home field typically means three to three and a half points, yeah, it swings to TCU. I'd probably put the line at like TCU by two. I don't think mm -hmm. four and a half or five uh, is sure. where it should be. But BYU is still an underdog, and they will have been an underdog in all four of their Power Five games this year. And to the point you brought up just a few minutes ago, there's a real possibility that if Iowa State continues to play really well and that they've found something and Oklahoma State build some momentum after beating Kansas State, the BYU may not be favored in any of the 10 Power 5 games they play in this I'm year. I'm okay with that because BYU overcomes that quite a bit. Like last year, what was it? BYU led FBS in underdog wins or something. There was some stat, you know, that I was like, oh, we can quantify BYU's typically that good as yeah. an underdog. Steve yeah. Young was talking about that with us. We just, right before we just like being undersold. Ancient Israel, pioneers, whatever, like, nope. We coming out of the desert, yes. and we winning this thing. Like, for some reason, it's in our DNA. Okay, BYU's won four of the last five afternoon games, by the way. One and four. Yeah. No, no, no. Sorry, one, four of One. Five. Yes. Four. Before that, it was like a four-game losing streak. But if you're just looking at P5, so Kansas is a loss. Yes. Arkansas was a loss. Notre Dame was a loss. This is before 6 p.m. starts. At Oregon was a loss. Uh, that, that, that at Washington State was a win. Okay. At Baylor was a loss. Uh, That's that, two and that, four that, through six. Uh, Washington and USC. I'm just looking P5 right now. Um, Split there, three and five. Win. So, yeah, P5's not been good, right? I didn't call out too many wins right there. 
So that that's that's been tougher. P five, pre six since twenty nineteen. When's the last time BYU good. won an afternoon game against a P five on the road? Washington State in twenty twenty one. On the road, was it Washington State in twenty twenty one? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so they've lost a few since that time. Yes. And you said Arkansas. That was in reference to the game in Provo Correct. last year, not the game that BYU won at night. Correct. The, the day <laughs> in Fayetteville. We're defining night as six p.m. or later local kick. Local. That kick. is how we're defining it. If it's a five start, like Texas Tech in two weeks, that is before 6 p.m., my friend. I'm ready for um, this to not be a thing. I'm ready for BYU to just go play good I football know. on Saturday afternoon and, like, have yeah. this thing go away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not looking at when the game ends. Sorry, I'm not looking at durations of games. No. I'm just looking at when it kicks, okay? But, uh, again, I, I, BYU's got a great chance to win this game. But it's very – my concern about BYU football right now is it's – very contingent on takeaways. Very con- like and field position. BYU's got well that plays into it absolutely. Um, always does. But like if BYU cannot run the ball and does not take it away, I am concerned. What Iowa State did to win the game against TCU was take the ball away. Yep. They had three takeaways in meaningful moments. One was late and kind of garbage and and whatever. The game was kind of out of hand at that point. But West Virginia, what they did was block kicks. <laughs> they blocked two field goals in the fourth quarter. Um, so let's see if BYU can't get the run game going, which coming up in the next segment, we'll discuss the following after the Deion Smith interview. Hey, Deion Smith, run it. Mm-hmm. What is enough for BYU to win? I will tell you what Keaton Slovis thought mm. the Cincinnati week, what was enough for that game. I don't know what he feels like will be enough for this game, but I'll tell you what he felt like was enough, and that number was lower than I thought. I don't know if we can channel the BYU Sports Nation karma in some fashion to help this whole afternoon deal. <laughs> but what? I'm I don't know. I think I'm the one like pumping it pretty hard. And here. listen, listen. This is not. I'm lost. not saying BYU is losing. It's just there's something special. This at is not. Night. Lo- yes, this is yeah. not lost on the coaches either. Like defensive coordinator Jay Hill, when he heard that stat, he right. said, "You brought it up, coordinator's corner. Maybe there's something to that." Maybe, maybe we need to look maybe at how we're to prepping. Look at exactly the, the preparation that goes into it, yeah. the timetables, the things that are happening. He's aware, which means the staff is aware. Yeah. Like if Jay's on it and he recognizes it, yep. there will be attention given to it. Mm-hmm. So in Jay, we trust. Well, yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's the answer. Because BYU's 25th in stop rate. Win those which afternoon is games. One of the best stats you can have. Hey, Jay won a bunch of afternoon games at the FCS high level with Weber State. That's yes. primarily when they kicked and when I'll, they played. I'll give you that hard number of record versus P5s pre 6 p.m. in a second. On the road? Or a total. I'll give, you, I'll give you both. After, oh, how after, I love your after spreadsheets. The break. After the break, I'll give you the number. Our question of the day. Again, two for Tuesday. Would you keep BYU as the underdog or make the Cougars the favorite? Keep them the dog. Against TCU. Come on. Jeremy and I agree. Uh-huh. Leave them as the underdog. Yeah. BYU typically make seems them a bigger to underdog. better when they know they're the underdog. Make it eight. Let's go. Football Olsen 22 on X answers. BYU performs better in the dog role. They do. Let's keep them as an underdog for the entire Big 12 era. <laughs> Big 12 era? What, what are you, Kyle Whittingham? It's going to get blown up in two, three, five years? Keep that dog mentality every game. Yeah, at some point, BYU is going to be so good, it's not the dog anymore, right? Um, you're going to be favored in games. You're going to operate in what Utah is doing, which is, no, we're the favorite in almost yeah. every game. How are you going to handle success? Like, BYU has not handled success Super well at times recently. Like last year, you get number 12, you go to Oregon, you get sm- smacked, you lose four in a row. That's tough. Like, can BYU handle success? If BYU is 5-1, and one, 
you're gonna you gotta handle success. Like if you beat TCU Saturday, which we think BYU can, let's go. Luke Sani on Instagram answers, TCU's having to start their backup quarterback, and BYU's coming off the bye with some key players returning from injury. You wonder how many of those key players. Another gem from Coordinator's Corner we learned is, hey, of this key list, we feel like we're going to get the majority of these guys back. That'd be nice. Okay. Ben Bywater, most notably. That is the one. He's the biggest you... question mark. By the way, uh, stat I don't like, but it's real, so let's talk about it. Cougar Stats says uh, in the Sataki era, BYU is 4-3 coming off of buys. The three losses were all tobacco quarterbacks. Oh, my that gosh. That is not a good one. In Jay, we trust to break these trends. Backup quarterbacks, afternoon yes. struggles. Yes. <laughs> Colton, are you saying the BYU or the opponent? Oh, BYU was the starting backup quarterbacks in those games. So, never mind. I misunderstood. I thought it was the opponent. Because we're all afraid from backup oh, quarterbacks okay. going back to, like, okay, I feel better. Ratliff of I feel Utah. Better. Okay. Well, thank you for clarifying. I, that's my bad. I feel better one. about BYU's that. BYU's not starting a backup quarterback this week. They're starting oh. Keaton Slovis. And, who is, uh, and off the bye. They've had two weeks to prepare for TCU. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Our two for good Tuesday question. Jerem already mentioned it. Will BYU be favored in any game? The remainder of the season. <laughs> what a what a question. <laughs> but it's a fair question. I know. Brad Taylor 60 on Instagram says, if BYU produces a solid win against TCU, BYU yeah. will be favored but against you, Texas Tech at home. Totally. At five and one, I would hope so. Watch it be like a one-point favorite against Texas Thanks, Tech. BYU's but still by half a point. A favorite, right? I could see that being an even game. Let's say BYU plays TCU close and loses, come back home, like Texas Tech and BYU could be even or could be like a Cincinnati situation where it's Tech by a few points. Tech looked pretty good against Baylor. Yes, they did. They've started to figure some things out. I'm about half time in Chuck. my watch of the Baylor game, and I'm yeah. like, eh, Speaking of backup quarterbacks, BYU's going to face Texas Tech's backup quarterback yeah. as well. Uh, Baron Morton. Back-to-back yeah. -back weeks. Beat the backups. Beat the backups. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Hashtag BYUSN on X, Facebook, and Instagram. Okay, BYU football with Clint Sitake. Hopefully we get some answers about maybe who's back or whatever uh, tonight. Max truly is the guest. 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Get your free tickets to this on BYUSN.com. Come get a photo with Kalani. Up next, I go one-on-one -on -one with BYU running back and transfer Dion Smith. Yeah. Why is he confident the running game will improve after the bye week? And what does he think about being an underdog all the time? Mm. This is BYU Sports Nation. Rise and shout! Wide open, Deion Smith to the end zone! Touchdown! What a call and what a play! Touchdown, Cougars! He was wide open! Deion for the touchdown! We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day -day BYU Sports play-by-play. -play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Deion Smith hoping to find the end zone a few more times. Many more times. Let's hope. Beginning at TCU, I had a chance to go one-on-one -on -one with Deion yesterday to discuss BYU being an underdog again, the best part of the bye week, and how in the world did the Cougars get the run game going with extra time to prepare? Deion Smith one-on-one. -on -one. Deion, what would you say was was the best thing that happened for you individually during the bye week? Uh, I feel like I got a good a good opportunity to catch up on some football, you know, um, do a little extra film studying and you know, spend the time to get my body back to 100%, you know, after these first four weeks, five weeks. Okay, hey, hard to argue with that. Get healthy, rest, watch a ton of football. 
How much football did you consume just as an observer over the last, let's say, four days? Um, let's just say um, every day I was flipping between games for on commercial break. I was <laughs> checking the ESPN scores uh, from all teams playing A through Z. Uh, so I, I watched as much football as I possibly can from the Oklahoma-Texas game to the uh, Ole Miss-Arkansas game. So I watched a ton of football over these last few days. And <laughs> it was a grateful – I'm grateful for the opportunity just to be able to – you know, observe for a little bit because we're always in the moment. So it feels good to observe and learn and take notes from, you know, future opponents and even past opponents. Yeah, we'll get to TCU and your film study of the Horn Frogs because I know you're watching their games very closely and what just happened against Iowa State. But if you had to, I guess, pinpoint one thing that you feel like BYU football improved upon during the bye week or needs to do better in order to get ready for TCU and the other opponents, what would that be? I feel like we hit it hard last week. You know, uh, it's easy to kind of take your foot off the gas on a on a bye week, especially when you don't have a game that Saturday. But I feel like we did a good job of, you know, just being physical and having very intense practices, you know, every day that we practiced last week. I feel like that's going to give us an edge for this week's preparation and also this game this week. So that was one thing that I feel like we really did good. And we focused on that just because we kind of felt like we needed it. So. What did you notice about TCU's defense and maybe some specifics of how you are preparing along with your offensive coaching staff and your teammates to get ready for what the Horn Frogs are going to do defensively? Yeah, you know, they have a lot of layers to their defense. You know, they have the, those three high safeties, um, you know, and we, we treat it like it's just middle close. So it's like a cover one, a cover three, maybe. But, you know, it's an interesting defense and you know, they can create a lot of different mismatches and problems, you know, up front and picking up in protection and even in the run game. So, you know, the biggest thing for us is to, you know, know our keys, you know, focus on the things that we need to focus on. So our objectives, being physical and just, you know, completing our assignment, you know, for all 11 men on the field. So. Yeah. What specifics would you say are the keys to potentially exploiting a very, very diverse and multiple defense like TCU will put out? Yeah. You know, for me, I think it's being efficient in the run game, you know, having a, you know, a, a nice run attack this week and also being able to take advantage of, you know, the holes in their coverages down the field. So, you know, taking whatever they give us and whenever they want to play us a little tighter and a little manned up close to the line of scrimmage, then will go over the top of their head when we need to. So I think it's just being a little bit more efficient in the run game and just figuring out a way to have a little bit more balance to where, you know, we can take what they give us and not really hurt ourselves. BYU running back Deion Smith is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Now, a big picture question about the Big 12, because last weekend was absolutely bonkers. Yeah. A great game between Texas. In Oklahoma, Iowa State upsets the TCU team that you're going to watch. Kansas blows out UCF. Oklahoma State upsets Kansas State. What do you make of all this, Dion? No, I, I think that, you know, uh, one of the 
statistics that we talked about in the meeting, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, after it was after the Kansas game. And it was up until October, end of October, there were eight teams that were still eligible to make it to the Big 12 championship. And I feel like that's like an underlying factor for this conference because you never really know. And it takes every game of the season because you you might have the odds to win, but that doesn't mean that you're for sure going to walk out of that game with a guaranteed victory. So, you know, I feel like, you know, any week, anyone's susceptible to win. Yeah, what's interesting is, you know, take away the first two games, Dion at Arkansas, BYU was a notable underdog at Kansas underdog, even at home against Cincinnati going to the game, BYU was an underdog. You're an underdog again against TCU. What do you make of that role for BYU football as not being the favorite in any of the four power five games that you will have played this weekend? Yeah, I, I think that gives everyone on our team uh, an extra chip on our shoulders because we know we're going to be the underdogs. We know we're going to be overlooked. But that's honestly the position. That's we're right where we want them, you know. So I think we use it as a confidence booster, and it, it it drives us a little bit more on the field, especially when we face a little bit of adversity because we know that, you know, it's expected and we know that we can overcome it. Now take me inside the team meetings in the running backs room specifically here for this next question because we are in large part as a media group and as a BYU fan base observers and don't get to see all the nitty gritty specifics that you and your teammates and your coaches go through. But as you watch the film against Cincinnati and it seemed in large part that the run game found at times some better success than you had had against Arkansas and Kansas specifically. So what, what is trending in the right direction with the run game as you push toward TCU? I like mentality, you know, everyone has the mentality that, we still have a lot of work to do, and we continue to put that in on a day-to-day -day basis. That's one thing that drives us uh, from the offensive linemen to the running backs in our room, and that's just the mentality of, you know, knowing that we struggle a bit, but we still have the opportunity to fix it with the work that we put in. So that's been a, a main driver, and just, you know, sticking to our fundamentals and, you know, keep just still believing in it. You know, even when everyone is doubting us and everyone sees that we struggle a bit, you know, we still have that faith and that confidence that we know that, you know, we're all great players and we're all able to execute our jobs at, at the right time. Deion Smith is with us on BYU Sports Nation. What kind of opportunity do you see in front of you against TCU? You're 4-1 and one as a team. You know, obviously a fifth victory is potentially out there, but this one just feels big. So what type of opportunity do you sense here? I feel like it, it, we have the opportunity, especially with, with the next three weeks, to just take over Texas, honestly. You know, uh, uh, I feel like, you know, we have the opportunity, we have the skill, we have the mentality, we have the drive, we have the leadership. You know, we have everything we need. We just, you know, we can't get in our own way. So this week we have a, a great opportunity to, set the set the tone for this month you know set the tone for these next three games ahead what do you like most about playing road games especially in you know the power five level you've done it at colorado now you're doing it at the big 12 what's the best part about playing in a road environment you know, just making that call that 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 crowd noise just hush you know, especially after they've been rowdy and they're happy that their team has made a couple of plays. But the moment that we start to make plays and even get in the end zone, it's just like a it sounds like a library almost. And that's the best feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm envisioning you catching that touchdown pass from Parker Kingston against Arkansas as a prime <laughs> example of that. Right. 
Yeah, you can see the 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 surprise faces and just everyone just stunned in the audience. Oh, great insight. Dion, you got a million dollar smile. You got a million dollar attitude. Your energy is infectious. We're going to send you some BYU Sports Nation karma. Keep it up, man. Uh, we look forward to watching you play against Thank TCU you. and thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you. Go Cougs. <laughs> Dion Smith, let's make the Rhodes Stadium sound like a library. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I like it. It was fantastic when he caught that touchdown pass in Fayetteville. So quiet. Everybody is absolutely stunned because it's 14-0, and then yep. the tide shifts immediately with one big explosive play. Boom goes the All right, looking at the running attack, and he feels like the attitude's better, that they were able to find some things that worked against Cincinnati. Yep. What would be good enough from BYU's running game at TCU this weekend to feel like, okay, it's still trending in the right direction? Keaton Slovis felt like 70 yards against Cincinnati was good enough. They had exactly... 70 yards, and it was good enough. So is it all on that number? I'm not sure. The number that matters more is the takeaways because BYU can rush for an anemic amount of yards like this if they are plus one, two, three in the margin. BYU's throwing for 200-plus, which is enough as well. BYU's not setting the world on fire in any passing offensive numbers right now. Uh, 56th in yards per attempt, 54th in quarterback rating, 87th in completion percentage. Very average. Not doing anything that's like unbelievable. What they are doing is in wins getting takeaways, plus seven. So if BYU cannot take the ball away, they're going to have to be able to run it. Now remember, TCU runs uh, an odd front with three down linemen, and they play three safeties quite a bit. So it it's a, a different-looking defense. Can BYU run against a three-man front a you little more effectively? You would think that that would help. Or does it open? You need play action, too. Riley Nelson, great point. BYU needs play action. They have not been good enough on play action compared to the previous three years where those are where the big plays have come. The big plays are coming, like, right after takeaways right now. I need BYU to rush for 100 yards. That's not asking one. For me to feel like, okay, trending in the right direction. And technically speaking, it would be trending in the right direction. Given that it's happened one time. If BYU can Houston? rush for 100 yards. Let's not have a loss of 20 yards with a snap over the head. Okay. Like if you're up 13 with two minutes left, I don't care. But overall, that doesn't help. BYU can rush for 100 yards against TCU. I would hope so. 100 is that, not. That's enough. Crazy. If BYU throws for 225, rushes for 100, and is plus one in the turnover margin. I think they got a pretty good shot. BYU's yet to get 400 yards in a game, yet or 4-1. Like, I would have guessed BYU was 2-3. and three No, they've shown you me. You told me that before. They've the shown me that they can win the field position battle, and that more often than not, they can win the turnover battle, and that they can connected. be opportunistic with explosive plays after turnovers and after getting good field position, enough to believe that if BYU doesn't have 375 or 400 total yards of offense, they can still win the game. Like, it's weird. BYU's winning with different formulas because Power 5 football now. Like it, it, and, and props to Jay Hill specifically for getting this defense in a position to help BYU win these games. If this is last year's defense, BYU is perhaps 1-4. Yes, and we're going to tell like, you. Like, might have lost the same Houston game. We're going to you know tell you mean? which category BYU is a top 25 team in defensively coming up in just a little bit. In case you missed any interviews, uh, you know, what's trending, deep blues, conversations, highlights, other shows. Catch them on BYUSN.com, dog. After a critical home win for BYU women's soccer last night in conference, finally got out that uh, schneid, is the lid finally out? Are we going to see something special now the remainder of the season? This is BYU Sports Nation.
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On social media, Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to the studio, Bizzle. I am Spencer. He is Jerem. Let's roll out your Tuesday headlines. TCU quarterback Chandler Morris has been ruled out of Saturday's game against BYU with a sprained MCL. Clint Sataki is prepared to face redshirt freshman Josh Hoover. They're going to have a very capable player. I mean, they they, they didn't have, you know, Chandler got hurt last year too, so they're, they're going to have a capable capable guy in the last last guy they had that was a backup to come all the way to the championship game. So I'm not worried about um, who they're going to have back there because I know that, that, that Sonny and his staff, does they do a great job preparing the quarterback in every position. Regarding injured players returning this week, potentially, such as Ben Bywater, Stockey said the team is still evaluating them and hoping they can practice this week to play. Seventh-ranked BYU women's soccer winner 2-0 yeah. last night to get their first home Big 12 win after three ties previous. They get goals from Kendall Peterson and what I thought was an SC top 10 worthy goal from Allie Fryer on the back heel flick. It was incredible. In fact, let's watch it and listen to it right now. Footwork, cross, goal! It comes late, but it comes off the cross from Mozingo, Allie Fryer. And Fryer breaks out of a little bit of a slump. Hadn't scored in a minute. Gets a big time goal right there. Yeah. The alternate angles of that goal are just wildly impressive. Ellie Air Fryer, let's go. The win moves BYU to 11, 1, and 3 overall, 5, 0, and 3. I haven't lost in Big 12 play. Up next, trip to Stillwater, Oklahoma to take on a pretty good Oklahoma State team on Thursday. BYU women's volleyball moves up a spot. Again, the latest ABCA poll from 10 to 9 after sweeping Oklahoma last week. The Cougars host Texas Tech. For a pair of matches Friday on ESPNU, Saturday on Big 12, now on ESPN+. BYU men's golf competing at the Big 12 match play event in Houston. Yesterday, the Cougars tied against both Kansas State in round one and Houston in round two of match play. Zach Jones leading the Cougars, winning both of his individual matchups. Not a surprise, he's a superstar. Cougars back in action today with two rounds before tomorrow's championship round. Women's golf competing at the Dale McNamara Invitational in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Cougars finished day one in ninth place. Lily McCauley, Sun Vinceo, and Adeline Anderson are currently in the top 25 for the Cougars. I'm ready for some opinions and some hot takes as we wrap up today's headlines. So let's whip it! The Cougar Whip Around presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. U.S. D, 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 defense, 25th in FBS in stop rate, which measures uh, percentage of opponents drives the end and punts turnovers, turnovers on down. That's yep. a great number. Yes. Uh, has the BYU defense been even better than we've been giving them credit for? I feel like we've done a pretty good job of giving them credit. What do we discover here? How much credit you want, dog? <laughs> what are you, 780? What's the score here? I'm thinking of the Brian Regan sketch where he talks about after a big game, like, the winning team's like, yeah, but we got to give those guys a lot of credit. And it's like, oh, they oh, gave they us credit. Gave us credit. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I feel so much Listen, better for having lost. BYU defense stunk last year. They've been awesome. Yeah, we, the, they we've talked about it. The reason BYU is 4-1, like the offense has taken advantage of what the defense has given BYU. I'm talking the takeaways and the field position and whatnot. Special teams has been pretty stinking good, yep. too. Um, so, yeah. I, uh, our level of credit. I don't know how to assess that well, but uh, no, they, they've been better than, way better than I thought they would be this year so sure. far. They've been great. 
I, I guess my point is I think we've adequately addressed that and, and given them their due for what they have accomplished, which has been great. Holy words of affirmation. Jay yes. Hill's like, more! College. They don't care. <laughs> Speaking of the BYU defense, College Football News has cornerback Jacob Robinson as a midseason Big 12 cornerback of the year. How about that? Whoa. Has Jacob been BYU's best defensive player this year? Probably. Uh, Pro Football Focus says Blake Mangelson has the highest defensive grade at 81.8. And then Batty, Nelson, Cravens, then Jacob Robinson. Mm -hmm. Four of the five on the defensive line is pretty good. That's uh, somewhat surprising given how good the BYU linebackers have been. Yeah, I'm just going to yeah, say. Yeah, that's not everything, but it's something. I'll say Jacob's been the best player. Maybe A.J. Vonkpachan. Yeah, that was, that was going to be my answer. Like, A.J. Vonkpachan, like, if you talk to the coaches, you talk to Jay Hill and Kelly Papinga yeah. specifically, they're like, that dude's unbelievable. Like, we would not be doing what we're doing without AJ. His best game was Arkansas, and that's when BYU needed him, man. It was awesome. Puka Nakua second in the NFL in receiving yards. Justin Jefferson ahead of him. Justin Jefferson injured now with an ankle. Will Puka Nakua finish in the top 10 in yards at the end of the season? He's off to such a fast start that I'm inclined to believe he will be top 10 in yards. And I don't think that, like, he's, his, the drop-off's going to be that much with Cooper Cup returning. He still caught seven passes for 71 yards with Cup back in the lineup, and Cup was targeted a lot. Yeah. I think so, it'll be just outside the top 10. The Cooper Cup thing, there just won't be enough targets to go around. Okay. Unless the Rams play from behind all season. Which they might. And then they just throw Which they might. Day, maybe. And Stafford's healthy, so they want to throw more. Yeah. I would be fine with that because that means they won't make playoffs. <laughs> I think you can make top 10, but probably close to right at 10. The 2028 LA Olympics will reportedly add flag football. Yeah. <laughs> what? Which, what? What is this? Uh, BYU-Idaho? <laughs> Which former BYU player would be your top pick for your flag football team. Uh, the aforementioned Pukunuku. The, the quickness, the speed, the hands, that guy would dominate, man. I'd probably go with Taysom Hill because he's so versatile. Like, you need Taysom to go get a jump ball. You need to, like, run around everybody, yeah. jump over people, play yeah. quarterback. But we call that pulling a Rob, Rob Nelson. Yes. Yes. You experienced it. I did, firsthand. <laughs> well, Rob, you're really tall and athletic as a college volleyball player. <laughs> you are an athlete. Yeah, there's another level. I got mossed! <laughs> it, it happens to the best of Is the lid off for women's soccer after last night's 2-0 finally got a win at home in Big 12 play over Kansas State? There's something to overcoming that mental barrier, and it took well into the second half. It was weird for much of the game again. Uh, but they they finally figured it out. So, yeah, I, I believe that, like, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Okay, you got your home win. Now just go play. He's doing great. They lead the country in shots per goal, uh, per game uh, on frame. So that's that's a big-time number. They're number two in goals. I, I'm content. They're doing great. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't lost All a good. conference game. 5-0 Soccer can be deceiving that way where you get ties. And we haven't lost. They're, but have you won? They're a top-10 no, team. 5-0-3 is great. Captain Butter is back at it, too. Oh, Captain And he's Butter. including video evidence of him flying his planes. We salute you, yes, Captain Butter. A beat TCU flight path yeah. has been recorded. It looks really sharp, Jerem. That, that might be his best one That's yet. That's one of the best ones. And again, this is flying a plane. This is not an Etch-a-Sketch, okay? This is real life. <laughs> and this is, uh, what, the San Juan Islands? Uh, look, I am still amazed by the stretch Y. <laughs> that like how does it it's unbelievable i love it the coordination to think about how i can do this and retrace certain parts and like incredible 
Yeah, he was he was elite at etch a sketch as a kid. I can promise you Had that. To, do you know anyone that's great at etch a sketch? I can think think of someone off the top of my head. Really, someone yeah. that's like super good at it? Yes, Holly Glim, unbelievable etch a sketch. <laughs> also, Mina Kimes, unbelievable etch a sketch. Yeah, incredible. Crazy, right? I can't do that at all. Okay, uh, Jayhawk Lasso tweeted an AI image of Cosmo saying Cosmo about to drop his new album Beat the Frogs this week. <laughs> First off, how hard is this? And second, how are you feeling about Cosmo after yesterday? <laughs> Look at that gold this, chain this, bling. This goes super hard. Like, that might be my favorite picture of Cosmo ever. <laughs> the parental advisory <laughs> is what sends it over the edge <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of flips and freaks and dang it's in there. Fetch. Fetches. <laughs> Oh, That's my so favorite, funny. favorite piece of that, tons of promo. <laughs> I didn't invite these fetchers. Bless you, AI, and bless you, Jayhawk Lasso, for giving us such an amazing picture of Cosmo. Cosmo, this picture has redeemed your poor performance on the basketball floor yesterday. <laughs> I, Cosmo got my Venmo. That's all I can say. <laughs> Up next, speaking of basketball, Trey Stewart oh, had a first-hand yeah. look at everything that happened. Let's go! In our Media Day Madness yesterday. He's also pretty good himself at basketball. He's going to break down our top highlights. <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Get to the big board on BYU Sports Nation. Trey Stewart. Time for Top 5 Tuesday with, yes, the man, Trey Stewart here. What's up, man? How you doing, Trey? I'm doing good. Yeah. I'm wondering how y'all are doing. Y'all sore? I'm a, li I'm a little, little bit. sore. A little bit. I, I don't know why. Okay. I, well, I guess we're going to find out in a second. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Let's yes, Top 5 think. Tuesday, Top 5 Plays from yesterday's Media Madness. Yes, sir. We're calling these highlights, Trey. I don't know if they qualify as highlights. <laughs> they were highlights to all of us. So we just got <laughs> and we weren't practicing, so we didn't have to run. So. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Hey, we, we were up at 6 in the morning, so... It was a trade. We'd already put your sure. work in. We put our work in. We put our work We need to give a little back, right, for you guys? I know. I guess oh my so. my goodness. I guess so. Okay. Well, it's time for you to dish out your elite analysis of these top five plays, beating at number five. Okay. Uh, Tyson Jax, who's uh, in the house here. He's yeah. the sports information director for men's basketball. We call him 10 Mile Tice. 10 Mile Tice. Always tight. running. Moving down the lane for layup. Team Blue. See, that's just a high-level player. Watch this. Uh, uh. <laughs> oh, the little oh, the, the step. And then the Euro step. Back. He had the biggest smile on his face as soon as he hit. Ready? Boom. Just cheesing hey, right You want to see who didn't help on defense? Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the ball I'm screen. On Spence. Hey, could you talk me through that ball screen, D? I, I did not want like to give up a three to Spence. That, that was my primary <laughs> That's motivation. That's a good excuse, but like, <laughs> you got to stop. I got to step up, in. You got to stop. Oh, our, our producer Colton Potter, great contester. <laughs> Yeah, hey, yeah, that's, that's yeah. an elite uh, contest, but Tyson's just an elite player. <laughs> Ten Mile Tyson, remember the name. Ten Mile Tyson, remember the name. Oh, number four. Let's get this. Is fantastic. Nice ball movement from the blue team. We had it going early here. This we ran the set oh, play here. Y'all started hot to set up uh, the open okay. three. Kevin Reynolds, Mitch Harper, okay, and bang. Dude, yeah. That that was just bringing grown man to tears right there, man. That's just beautiful. Was this early in the game? This was this very was definitely early in the game. I believe this was like our first or second play. Yeah, because yeah. we were watching this and we were like, dang, Blue's about to fry. We might be in trouble, yeah. And then y'all got hit with that trap, half-court trap. I was guarding that guy. I actually helped on defense this time. Hey, yeah, the defense was smooth, but that's just. I was giving that up. A little bad cut. See, see I'm watching Mitch deep. 
Here, I'm stepping in there, but I'm not flying out of the shooter tray. Hey, you just you save the knees, save the knees for offense. Yep. You're an offensive player, and that's just three you know no that. D. That's you know game. that. Jim you know that. Number three, uh, the real MVP here, Ronald Weaver the third. Cookie. 60. What's up? He plays in the Buick rugby team too. He, uh. he was the MVP. Uh. Well, somehow we got. Uh, Oh yeah, just oh the Euro, and okay. then he before celebrates. With, he celebrates with a Euro after. Yeah, if you <laughs> before if, and after. If you want to take your attention to the bench right here, I'm sad. It cut, <laughs> I'm sad it cut off because I did a Euro step all the way to there. But man, I see you. I see look you. At the, there, Jack, hey, there Jack, <laughs> look at Jack. Look at Jack. Look at Jack over there too. <laughs> Jack's just. Ugh, I just love watching reaction. He was so That's funny. The real highlight. And right there, his Instagram. Celebration. His, I don't know if you follow him on Instagram. If you don't follow him, because his stories the, the, right after the That's game great. were hilarious. He was living it up. All right, Ronald Weaver back at it. He was the MVP. He was the MVP. Man. Here's the thing: where we don't know if it's a carry, travel. I don't know. There's a one play coming up, but we're gonna we're gonna see how this. Yeah, goes. he gets. So we're supposed to trap. Okay, and but, but, it, one, two, three, four. Okay, yeah. Somehow we got continuation. Yeah, there's a there's a lot to break down on this play because first of all, <laughs> y'all were trying to bring the half court trap that they fried you with. He's got to he's got to block work. off the half court and line. Then, hey, we call him ten mile types. We don't call him defensive wall types for a reason. <laughs> um, but if you look right here, he comes, he starts to go, and then there's multiple steps right there. <laughs> multiple <laughs> steps and NBA continuation. I'm calling for it right here. I'm waiting for an open three right But here, here's the way. thing. Hey, this is my boy J-Mac right here and yep. our other ref, Tanner Hayhurst. They yep. were about the theatrics. They were calling a game just for entertainment. Yep. I get it. And they got the entertainment they were looking for. It was we, a very biased refing. Right. On some we got a bunch of calls that were terrible. You can see me very, calling very for bad. a travel bad. after. Like, very before the shot even goes yeah. up, I'm like, please. And I'm like, please. Please. <laughs> please. Yeah. Hey, you had the game shorts on though you swagged out i respect let's it let's go okay number one uh i, I get a steal uh, uh, on the on the trap we get it to ronald weaver uh and uh we get a bucket oh yeah oh jason shepherd stolen yeah stolen okay, away by jerem way to pass ahead way to pass it i'm like bro i he wasn't looking i was like ronald hey and one that could yeah that one that was actually an and one. one that right? one should have been an and one Thank yeah, you. no, that. Thank you, Shep. That's just that, pure. Hey, that's that weak sauce. Hey, that's just length right there, man. That's you can't teach that. You can't teach. You can't teach that, man. That's that's your special player. I actually played you. on defense one time. I'm, a, man, I'm just amazed at how slow everybody. Is. <laughs> oh, I know. Looking at this, I'm like, oh my god. I, I, Hurry, I was, go, <laughs> go, fast break. Ooh, I, I was asking Pope. I was like, hey, are any of these guys you think we're gonna add them to the roster? Because we got a few spots left, and I hate to break it to you, he's not too convinced on a lot of people. We're, we're, we're content. Our NIL deal over here. Is yeah, <laughs> I was like, y'all pretty much got amazed. So y'all straight for sure. I'm, I'm happy that you noticed that, I, that, that you that you liked my my outfit. Hey, okay, that's a win for me. Hey, I'm all about the swag. Oh. I'm all about looking good. You did your thing. You Absolutely. did your thing. Tab you Trey had the about you was good. You had the shoes on too. Thank I remember you. the shoes. Thank you. See, they did their thing. Appreciate it, Trey. No problem. Thanks for coming in, man. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> See, ya. appreciate that. Trey Stewart breaking it down. Hey, yeah. check out the Deep Blue podcast with Jason Shepard, who turned it over. Uh, a moment ago, <laughs> Nate Austin, he's he's back. The all-time offensive rebound leader in BYU history is back. He's the director of ops. He is on demand on the Deep Blue podcast and the BYU radio app and where podcasts are found. We need to have Trey ask us questions. He can be the media guy, right? Yeah, he totally could do it. Yeah. Some more. Yeah, yeah. Up next, would you keep BYU as an underdog against TCU this weekend, or are they a favorite in your mind? This is BYU Sports Nation.
BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU Radio apps or listen to the pod, subscribe, rate, and review. All right, we've got two questions today on Two for Tuesday. Our first is this. Would you keep BYU as the underdog or make the Cougars the favorite against TCU? Nathan Chantry on Instagram says, with the game being played in Texas, would keep it a toss-up or make TCU a slight favorite, but that's fine by me. BYU thrives as a dog. You all, you all get it now. You all get it. If you didn't before, you get it now. Yeah. Our two for Tuesday second question is, will BYU be favored in any game the remainder of the season? Dan Gerber on Facebook says, if BYU Gerber. beats TCU on the road, I believe they'll be favored in the Texas Tech game. That's yeah. the second type of, respo- uh, yeah. type of response we've seen in that yes. regard. Yes, at home 5-1, and one, yes. And possibly at Oklahoma State, depending on how they fare against the teams in between. Iowa State's the other one that we think at home could yes. be if BYU should – could, should be a favorite. When you go on the road, P5 against a quality team, which TCU is. I know they've lost two in a row. Quality team. Come on. Yeah. Um, you should be a dog in most cases. Like, unless you're at 9 BYU that just beat Oklahoma, you'd be like a 10-point favorite or something. Like, th- there have been instances where ranked BYU went to unranked Michigan and in 2016 and was a dog, and we were like, what is this? And lost that 31 proved, to nothing. That proved to be a... Great pick, right, from Vegas. So they're not always right, but if they're telling us something that's weird, we ought to consider just what that might mean. Yeah. Nick Anderson on X says, one, maybe two points, and that underdog mentality in the rest – or sorry, one, maybe two games BYU should be favored in, and that underdog mentality in the rest will fuel some amazing wins. Yeah, yeah. BYU loves being – Considered uh, the dog and, and understated. Um, you adjusted your stat. I feel like we need to bring it up. BYU in the afternoon, yeah. the last five seasons against FBS teams. 9-13 and 13 before 6 p.m. kick. I you take the FCS out, it's bad. Right? 1-4 versus P5s on the road. And, and someone tweeted at me, literally just a coincidence, 26-3 and three versus 9-13. and 13. Doesn't feel like a coincidence. Doesn't feel like a coincidence. <laughs> I'm not saying because of the kick time, BYU wins or loses. I'm just saying, gosh, that's interesting. That's what I'm let's, saying. Let's take a look. Jay Hill says let's take a look at it's it. It's in a book, Reading Rainbow. All right, our Elite Voice of the Day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. Kim Howard on Instagram says, if BYU wins any of the next three games, then BYU should be favored for some of the rest. Yeah. Cougars have the team to do it if they stay focused. Let's go Cougs. Yeah, 100%. All right. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Happy birthday, Kalani Shitake. They're going to celebrate his birthday at BYU Football Kalani Shitake tonight. Got some ice cream and cake. So if you want that, show up, baby. I'm just thinking of the Reading Rainbow song in my head now. Reading Rainbow. I can go anywhere. Sing it, Jordy LaForge. Our thanks to today's <laughs> guests, Dion Smith and Trey Stewart. I know it's LeVar Burton. Sorry, Dennis. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Ray Stewart. <laughs> See you tonight for BYU Football with Kalani Satake. Go Cougs.